Bibles open up to Psalm chapter 67. We're going to get into the Word this morning. And I do want to remind you that we are, well, we still got a few weeks left for you, but on December the 15th, we're excited about a big party that we're going to have, a family party. It's going to be a big brunch in here that's going to be turned into a banquet hall, and um, you don't want to miss it. We're going to one service on December the 15th at 10 o'clock. What time, Galen? 10 o'clock. Galen's got that. He's the only one paying attention. Uh, I want to take a special moment to say thank you to a lot of people in this church. Uh, Natasha is one of them walking down here. Teen Challenge, you guys had an amazing banquet here on Friday night. Uh, about 300 or so people were here, I believe. Is that right, Pastor Keith, roughly? Uh, let's let Teen Challenge know we think they're amazing because there are a lot of you guys here today. Um, so in the, in the course of a very short amount of time, we had a fall festival in here with everything kind of chaotic. We actually found out that we had well over 2,000 people this year uh, after we did some more exploring. So pretty impressive. Um, the people of Waterville so happy with us. The traffic was backed up all the way down the West River Road. But um, thank you for serving. So we had a big Halloween event in here to share the light of Jesus and the love of Jesus. Then two days later, we had a huge concert in here, and that was crazy. People set up and tearing down chairs. Then last night, we have a banquet in, or Friday night, a banquet in here. And none of that could happen uh, in this building if you guys weren't so willing to participate, to serve, to help, to be a part of a church that is really about reaching out to the community. And so when we built this building, we wanted it to be multi-purpose. And so that's why there's a concrete floor, so we can do banquets and all kinds of stuff and fun and games. Um, but I believe the church should be full, right? Not just on Sunday, but as many days of the week as we can. So I just want to give a shout out to you all and say thank you. Les Mosher, it's good to see you. He came all the way from Tennessee just to see me today, probably, right? Yeah, just to see me. Love you, man. Welcome home. One of our uh, faithful members that moved away a few years ago to where it's warmer. 19 degrees yesterday out in the woods. It was awesome. I was thinking about you. Well, we're in a series right now and we're talking about um, the cost of followership, the cost of being a disciple what it really looks like and we're on this journey I believe we're about in week four and when I talked to you about this journey I said it's going to be a journey of a radical faith of taking back our faith from the American dream that was kind of what the series was entitled by the way if you're interested in the book that we're kind of following along with by David Platt there should be some for sale available today at the information desk you can find some of those we bought some that are used a little cheaper some brand new but to put a resource into your hands if you'd like to read this book I think it'll it'll rock your world uh, obviously we can't touch on everything in the book in a sermon series but we talked about digging deeper into our faith and what is Jesus really worth to you. It's kind of the premise of this series. And uh, it's very easy for us as American Christians to uh, forget how Jesus said that his followers would actually live, would actually act, what that would look like, and how, how we would leave the security of our homes, our family, our friends, money, convenience, you name it, even family, and abandon everything for the sake of the gospel. And that's what we're really talking about. Um, about taking up your cross daily and following Jesus. It's not a popular message in the American church today. Uh, many shy away from it, but it's the truth of the gospel. And so we really want us to 
to begin to more fully understand how Jesus says we should live our lives. And, and do we really know people who really live like that, who abandon everything to follow Jesus? And so as we get into the scripture today, we're challenging you, and, uh, and I'm stepping on your toes in a loving way, uh, but to really learn what it looks like and what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. In your Bibles, in Psalm chapter 67, let's get into the word. Let's just ask for God's blessings over the reading of the word. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the gospel message of truth, of hope, of life. I pray that your Holy Spirit would uh, open our ears to hear, our hearts to receive what you have to say to us today. And Lord, bless the reading of your word. Bless the hearts of the hearer, the listener, to receive what you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we've all had moments in life, uh, I need to get this out of the way because I can't see you guys, that we've uh, felt like we were wandering a little aimlessly, looking for clarity, looking for direction. It's a conversation I have with a lot of young adults uh, when they're pursuing kind of life's plan for them. You know, what should I do? What, what, is, what is my life supposed to look like? What has God called me to? And, and we've all had moments, young or old, when we kind of felt like, Maybe our lives were headed in the right direction at times and sometimes not the right direction, right? Uh, and we've, we've discovered, if you're anything like me, that uh, sometimes I, I know the road I should go down because God's made it clear to me, that still small voice in my gut and my heart, but I know the road that I want to go down, right? Should go and want to go sometimes are two different things, right? Because I want to do what makes me happy <laughs> and what makes me feel good. Uh, and sometimes it's the easier road. And we've all found ourselves at times on the wrong road, right? Anybody? Right. We've all found ourselves at times on the wrong road. So this morning we're, we're going to be really looking at the title of today's message is Blessed to be a Blessing. And we're looking at the Old Testament, Psalm chapter 67, blessed to be a blessing. So I've had many people say, as I said, oftentimes young people, what's God's will for my life? And I alluded to this last week, we, we talked about it. We pray, we ask God to, to uh, give us his divine will. What is my purpose for being? And maybe you've been in life and maybe you're there right now where you've kind of said, all right, God, why am I here? Why am I here? What's the deal? What is my purpose? In fact, we even had a conversation in our life group this week, and I won't betray confidences or anything like that, but we, we had some interesting conversation that kind of sounded a little bit like, you know, there's, there's times in my life where I feel that are just kind of meaningless. There's times in my life where I feel uh, it's a season of seeming insignificance. We all go through different seasons, right? Uh, just like the season that we're going into, the, the, the season of, you know, what was it? Winter? Cold, frigid, ice, Maine, long winter. <laughs> Listen, you chose to live here. Uh, <laughs> it's cold. It's cold, right? It's a winter season. But we also have seasons in our life that feel spiritually cold, right? Or like a desert, or like purposeless. 
And it, I've, I've discovered in my life that oftentimes it's during those seasons where I'm not doing maybe something that I feel like I should be doing and I'm wondering what's the purpose of this all. Uh, I've discovered that it's oftentimes during those seasons of seeming insignificance, it's God's knocking on my heart's door for intimacy with him. It's his friendship cry for intimacy. Uh, that's one of the things that I've discovered in my dark seasons that I don't feel like I'm doing what I should be doing because we very easily get wrapped up in thinking that our purpose in life is to do something. When really our purpose in life is is to be a blessing, yes, but that blessing comes from God who blesses you to be a blessing to other. And, and what does that look like? Sometimes we, we get wrapped up in thinking, oh, I'm not doing this, or I'm not doing that, not doing what I should be doing. But Mary and Martha were taught a very valuable lesson by Jesus. When, when Martha and Mary were serving and working, Mary was busy getting ready for dinner guests in a Luke, and, and she was busy getting the house ready and getting everything all perfect. And she was busy, busy, running, 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 right? Doing, doing, doing. And Jesus said, Martha, time out. Hold on. Put the brakes on. There's one thing that's really needed. One of the guys shared this in the Teen Challenge testimony the other night. There's one thing that's really needed. And the one thing Mary has found is to be at the feet of Jesus. That's just intimacy with Jesus. And, and that ties into being a blessing to others because you cannot be a blessing to others until you're abiding in Christ. And we talked about John 15 last week, right? So if you missed that, get online, listen to the sermon. But it, all these sermons kind of build on each other. But today I want to talk to you about being blessed to be a blessing. We often miss the reality that Jesus has made his will perfectly and abundantly clear through his word. And it's not a place... It's not something that you do necessarily. It's who you are. And as you're abiding in Christ, as you're at the feet of Jesus, as you're cultivating intimacy with Jesus and receiving the blessing that comes from above through your obedience, then you will be a blessing to others. So we're getting into an Old Testament passage of Scripture which is, is kind of unique this morning. The Psalms were written and collected over the course of several centuries. It's an Old Testament passage and uh, we find many reminders in the Old Testament that even though the Lord had called the Jews to be his chosen people, he always intended to extend salvation to the Gentiles as well. And so if you're here today and you are not Jewish or you don't have at least one-eighth Jew in your blood, then you are a Gentile. Uh, because in, in scripture we understand that anyone who is not a Jew represents Gentiles. All the nations of the world really. So the passage of scripture is really important for us to understand because it demonstrates something critical that you and I need to know. And that is that people are God's treasure. People. So look around the room today. Go ahead, take a quick second. Look around who you see by... The people sitting next to you, the people sitting all the way over there, every single person in the world today is God's treasure. So all six verses in this psalm, there are seven, but six of these verses speak to God's relationship with the crowning achievement of his creation, and that is people, you and I. 
God created humans in His image for His glory and He commissions people despite their sinfulness you and I are sinful, right? He commissions us to declare His glory and His salvation throughout the world. Amen. So even though the Lord referred to the Israelites as His treasured possession in Exodus chapter 19, He offers salvation to people of every tribe, every nation, because He treasures every single person that He has created. John chapter 3 verse 16, the most often quoted verse in Scripture, right? The most frequently quoted. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever you know the rest. God desires that no one should perish. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some would count slowness but is patient toward you not wishing that any should perish but that all should reach repentance. God blesses his people in order that they may bless others and carry out his commission. That is the premise of the gospel, leading others into a life-saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You say, all right, pastor, here we go with another one of those evangelistic messages. Listen, you need to understand God's will for your life, and this is it. God has blessed you so that you can bless others. It's not about you. Let's all say that together. Say, it's not about me. Half of you are there. The other half are still all about you. Listen, we are a selfish people. Aren't we? We're, by nature, we're selfish. If you don't think I'm telling the truth, just ask your spouse real quick. They will tell you. It, but that's our human nature, right? Even if it's not a spouse, people. By nature, we're selfish. And we tend to think it's all about me. The gospel is contrary to that. So look at your Bible, uh, Psalm chapter 67. Let's read verse 1 and 2 together. God be merciful to us and bless us. I think I have that on the scripture. God be gracious to us out of the... People have asked me often, what do I preach out of? It's usually the ESV, English Standard Version. I find that to be the most uh, closely related to the original text of scripture and yet in language that I understand. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Selah. That word selah means one of two things. It's, in a, it's mentioned about 72 times in the Old Testament. If, if a song was written, it was a place for a pause. You were singing, you would pause there. Or it could also mean forever. Those are the two meanings in Scripture that we understand, scholars, to help us understand what that means. Make His face to shine upon us forever, that your way may be known. Notice the two words that are underlined there, the few words, gracious to us and bless us, that whose way? Your way may be known on earth, your saving power among us. All nations. As we consider why God formed all of us in the first place, we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 and we, we discover that there is a twofold purpose in Scripture. From the very beginning, God created humankind to enjoy His grace and to extend His glory. Those are the twofold purposes in Scripture to enjoy His grace and to extend His glory. This goes all the way back and it continues to be our purpose today, just like it was some 2,000 years ago. 
The first word the Bible uses to explain relationship is blessing. That's the first word he uses all the way in the very beginning. The Lord in Genesis promised Abram that he would bless him and make his name great so that he would be a blessing to others. All the way back in the beginning. This goes back a long time. God promised that eventually all people on the earth would be blessed through him, through the father of our faith, through Abraham in Genesis 12 too. The promise was fulfilled through Jesus Christ, a descendant of Abram. So God immediately followed up this promise though. He immediately followed up this promise with a command. This is the part that we don't like so much. I love the promises. <laughs> I love the blessing. But they're followed up with a, okay, Here's the command. Will you obey? Yeah. Great. One of you will. God immediately followed his blessing with a command. God blessed them and he said to them, Be faithful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Be fruitful and multiply. That's why everybody should have at least five kids. Right, honey? Absolutely. Listen, we almost had an opportunity for an empty house this weekend. Wasn't that awesome? All of our kids went away. We're like, woo woo, we got the house ourselves. It's quiet. And then my son from college calls and says, I'm going to come home this week. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's a long weekend. Really? Really? All right, come home. So he came home and then we put him on the couch and took his wisdom teeth out last night. Thanks, Dr. Reynolds. We uh, decided if you're going to come home, we're going to do surgery on your mouth, kid. So, no, just kidding. Anyway, I, I was on the whole kids thing thinking, yeah, have lots of kids. But it says to be faithful and increase in number, fulfill the earth and subdue it. God gave his people his image for a reason. So that, listen, so that they may multiply his image throughout the world. God's image. He created human beings not only to enjoy his grace in a relationship with him, but also to extend his grace and his glory to the ends of the earth. Getting back to what it looks like to be a, a fully devoted follower of Jesus. What does it look like to the ends of the earth? To all the nations of the world. I'll tell you a quick story about one of our students here. He's up here singing this morning. Richardski, we call him Kiki. He's from Haiti. Some of you may or may not know, but Haiti is one of the, the poorer countries in the world. And right now they've been going through a horrific time over the last several months uh, over political conflict with the president. Children haven't been to school in months. It's dangerous to go out of your house. It's an incredible unrest. So you can please pray for all these guys who are from Haiti here uh, and their families who are back there. They're here in America. But Kiki, I, I thought of him while I was preparing the message because he's, he's from a different country. He's from a different nation and he's here in America, almost kind of like a missionary, if you will, to America. Well, he was on the soccer field this year and he had a little bit of a run-in with one of the kids on the field. He's, he's a fierce competitor out there competing and apparently one of the kids exchanged some words with Kiki that wasn't so pleasant on the field and wasn't a very wasn't a very nice thing that he said to you. Uh, it's not the first time we've heard or seen that. But at the end of the game, when you walk by and you shake hands with all the teammates, Kiki refused to shake this kid's hand. 
That's out of his character. Uh, it's not something that's normal for Kiki. He's normally a very kind guy. And the coach came over and said, hey, that kid refused to shake my kid's hands. What's the deal with him? So the coach went over to Kiki, you know, hey, what, you know, what, what's the deal, Kiki? Why don't you shake that kid's hand? He said, well, he said some very unpleasant, unkind things to me, and I won't shake hands. I will not shake hands with him until he apologizes. Amen. Pretty awesome, right? I like that. Listen, that's called conflict in a young man to speak the truth in love and to say that that behavior is unacceptable. I won't, I won't tolerate that. But here's what I love the most about that. When, when the coach asked him why, and Kiki said, well, I will tell him what he did wrong, what he said, and if he apologizes, it's cool. Well, the kid came up and apologized, and Kiki immediately just gave him a big old hug. She said, I love you, man. I'm proud of you for that. Because what you did was you displayed what it is to be like Jesus with skin on. Because that kid may not have given his heart to Jesus on the field, but he, he sensed Jesus through you. And that's, you know, when I think of the nations of the world, Kiki, uh, I think of what we can learn from an 18-year-old young man who's just faithful and obedient to the Lord. Uh, I, I look at his life as, as a shining example to all of us. That's a small, maybe a small thing, but it's really huge because that's what it means to be like Jesus with skin on in the small things of your life and to extend God's glory to the ends of the earth. So here we have a national, a native from another land who's come as a missionary to our land, kind of the ends of the world. So our mission field is not just here, it's all over the world. It's globally. This is what God's taught us and he's challenging us. So Kiki, thank you. When God's people make him known, the nations respond to the message of his salvation by worshiping and by praising him. That's what it's all about. God's people knew him personally as a just ruler. They sought to make him known to the nations so they, they too might experience his salvation. In verses 3 and four and five, they knew when the nations learned of God, they would worship and praise him. Look at what it says here in verse three. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all it says Selah again there. Sorry, I missed that at the end of verse 4. Forever. Nations upon the earth forever. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. See, the message of biblical Christianity, not the Americanized culture Christianity, biblical Christianity, that message is not God loves me, period. That's not the end of the story. Yeah. It's not, okay, God loves me, as if we were the object of our own faith. It's not all about me. It's not all about you. That's not very popular, is it? It's awful quiet. It's not just God loves me, end of story. So, and I'm going to get on a little bit of a soapbox here. This, this has to do with everything in your life. It's, it's not about you. It's not about me. I've had people go so far as to say, well, pastor, I love to come. And this was, this was a while ago. I'm not talking about anybody here. But I love to come to church here because I love the preaching. But I like to go to church over there because I like the worship there better. Or because my friend goes over here. Or I come here for the worship and I go somewhere else for the preaching because that's what I like. You see, it's all about me, me, me and what I want. Whatever happened to saying, God, not where I want to be, where have you called me to be? 
Because if you've given your heart to Jesus, if you've given your life away, if you really want to be a follower of Jesus, pick up your cross and die to your selfish desires and wants and die to me, die to self. That's not popular, is it? Well, I like the programs over here at this place, but it's like this uh, grocery store mentality in the church world. Well, let's just go to, well, I'm gonna, I like it over there because they've got this here, but I like it over there because, I, you know, when I make life plans for myself, my career, what, what I'm going to do, and I'm trying to help guide my, my uh, adult children through this now. It's not just about what you can do to make money for yourself and how you can have the best career or, or what it's... And God does give you the desires of your heart, but listen, those desires you need to place before Him and say, God, my life belongs to you. It's not my own. What do you want to do with my life? I'm glad half of you got that. The rest of you can go home. It's not my life. We got to get that. It's not about me and what I want, but that is our nature, folks. What I want to do and how, what makes me happy and what works best for me and my family. How about when, and my dad modeled this to me, when we moved into a community, I remember we moved into Connecticut. And the first thing we did, he was working in White Plains, New York. We moved to a little sleepy town called Newtown, Connecticut. Now everybody knows for Sandy Hook shootings. That's where I actually went to school and grew up in Sandy Hook. Went to Newtown High School. But when we moved to that community, I remember the house our folks built. They moved us in. And the, and the first thing my father said is, we're going to pray about where God wants us to go to church. <laughs> Not we're going to shop around and find what fits us best and what we like best. We're going to pray about where we're going to go and to grow and to plant and to plug in. And you know what? If it has something we don't like about this or that, that doesn't matter because it's not about who? Me. When I consider the house I live in, the car I'll drive, the clothes I'll wear, the way I live my life, I choose according to what is best for me. Don't I? Yeah, you do too. Don't just say I do. Right? We do. We all, we're all guilty of it. Now, I'm not saying that in and of themselves those things are bad, but our priorities are out of whack when we're putting me and my wants ahead of him and his wants. What do you want to do with my life? Because it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you. That's what lordship is. It's not about my doing whatever. See, the version of modern day Christianity is, is what prevails in our culture. And that's why we're preaching this message is because we don't just want a modern day Jesus, right? The message of biblical Christianity is that God loves me so that I might make Him, His ways, His salvation, His greatness, all of that, His glory known among the nations. Put that slide up there for me, would you guys? I want you to see that. God loves me so that I might make Him his ways, His salvation, His glory. That's why He loves you. He wants to make that known and His greatness known among all the nations. And when we get that right and say, God, I want to honor you with everything inside of me, with every decision I make, with the house I buy, the car I drive, the clothes I wear, the way I work, everything wants to deflect the glory and the praise to your greatness, God, not mine. And here's the beauty of all of that. Is that God wants to bless you so that you can do what? Be a blessing to others. Well, why isn't God blessing me then? Well, maybe because you're not obeying the full gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's what today's about. 
It's about making Him known. Remember the scripture that we read? Verse 2. Make Him known. God be gracious and bless us so that I might make you known, not so I can be happy. Oh, thank you God. I'm fat, rich, and happy. I'm just going to sit back and say, oh, I'm enjoying the blessings of God. Bless me, bless me. Because we all like the blessings, right? You know what? I believe that there is a time that those blessings begin to come to an end if you're not obeying the word of God and being a blessing to others. We are not the end of the gospel. God is. I told you this wasn't popular. And you might not like me, but you can take it up with God. Yeah. He loves us, all of us, and he wants us to know and love him. He loves us for his sake in the world. If we can get this and begin to really let it digest in our spirits, his Holy Spirit will transform you if you allow him. Number three, true blessings of God can only be experienced when his glory is known among the entire world. Verses six and seven. Look at verses 6 and 7. The people of God sought to make him known, understanding that they would experience his full blessing. I don't know about you, but if I'm offered a, a full cup of something or a half cup of something, most cases I want the full, right? I don't want the half blessing. Don't just give me partial. I want the full deal, right? Right. It was clear to them that the gracious blessing of God and his glory... Him being known among the nations, they were intricately intertwined. You could not separate them. And this is, this is where we go amiss. <laughs> we try to separate the blessing, the gracious blessing, from the making him known. And we want one without the other. And there's a warning here in this passage. Verse 6. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Why is that little caveat stuck in there? Fear him. I believe it's a warning. It's a warning because we have... Maybe unknowingly. Maybe unnecessarily. Maybe unintentionally. But certainly unbiblically. We have un biblically drawn a line of distinction between, uh, between assigning obligations of Christianity for a few and keeping the privilege of Christianity and the blessings of Christianity for us all. And you can't have one or the other and both. You, you can't separate. They're too intricately intertwined. We cannot say, well, these are the obligations of Christianity and, and they belong to people who, like pastors, you know, you've been to Bible school, you know, you've got an education. Um, and so, you know, the, I know scripture said that, but that's for people who are um, really, really spiritual people, right? Yeah. Um, or that's for certain people, that's not for all. And we kind of put a line of distinction and say, oh, oh yeah, but I want the blessings, but I don't want to have the obligation or the responsibility. Okay, now this is where I really start stepping on your toes. You still love me, right? It doesn't matter. All right, here we go. I'm going I'm to share. Matthew 28 is the great, command, the great commission. Therefore, go and 
make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say, therefore, if you feel like it, therefore, if you're, if you're good at it, therefore, if you're comfortable with it, therefore, if you'd like to, it says, therefore, go and make disciples. Therefore, if you're a pastor or a preacher or an evangelist or you have your degree, no, it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's you and I. You read the same Bible that I read if it's the Holy Bible, right? Well, that must mean, certainly that means other people, pastor. It doesn't mean me. I mean, that's good for you. You're a preacher. You've got to do that. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher. It matters if you're a disciple of Jesus. If you are a Christ follower, guess what? The commission is for you. Just as much as it is for me. No less, no more. Does that make sense to you? Okay, then why don't we do that? I'll tell you why. Because it's hard. It's difficult. It's uncomfortable. Oh, that means other people. Then we look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, and it says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And we say, oh, that's for me. Lord, I need your rest. So we want that scripture. Because that, I mean, we're burdened and we're heavy laden, and God, we, we want to receive that. But see how we distinguish between scriptures? The things that we like, oh, let's embrace it. That's for me, Jesus. Oh, I thank you so much. But when it says, you know, these tough commands like, therefore go. What about this? Um, Acts 1.8, that the Spirit will lead us to the ends of the earth. Well, sure, but not, that doesn't really mean me. I mean, I'm not going to, that's for people who go on missionary trips, right? That's not for me to go and to do that. Oh, are you saying, is this a missions message that we're all supposed to go on missions trip? I think everybody should go on a missions trip in their life, at least a trip. But you are a missionary every day of your life, right where God's planted you. And here's the beauty of the country that you live in today and that I live in today is that all the nations of the world come to America, right? Oh, that's not me. Then we go back to John 10.10. Therefore, I have come to give you life and even that, what? More abundantly. Oh, Lord, I want that blessing. <laughs> so do you see what's going on here? We take this that we like and we don't take that that we like. We want God's blessing, but answering the call to reach the nations, we say, oh, that's the responsibility of a few. Right? That's not the responsibility of us all. That's the next slide up there, guys. We want God's blessings, but answering the call to reach the nations, we say, oh, that's the responsibility of only a few. But frankly, that's just plain old disobedience. That is disobeying. It's only through complete obedience that we experience all of the true blessing God has in store for you. Do you want all the blessing or partial blessing? I have people say, and this is not at all braggadocious, but people say, oh, you know, you're so lucky, Pastor. You have, you know, you have a beautiful wife, and I do. I have an amazing, beautiful wife. She's incredible. She's put up with me for many, many years. I have an incredible family. I'm so blessed. I have children that, uh, that we're just blessed. Wonderful home. We're blessed. And I'm not, again, saying all this braggadocious, but that's not lucky. That's blessed. 
And I want all of the blessing of God, not so that I can hoard it or hog it or say, oh, it's mine, 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 or be selfish about it and be in my fat, lazy, comfortable, lazy boy, but so that I can bless others. God will bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. And the more that you bless others, the more that he blesses you, so the more that you can bless others. Right? If you haven't lived that, you're missing out on the blessing of God. Now that blessing, you know, we, we tend to put that in our American culture of eyes of what does that look like and is that prosperity financially and is that this or that. It is all of those and way more and some of those and some people are not necessarily blessed the same way financially but man, when you are blessed by God, you could live on the corner in a cardboard box and be totally blessed and happy and be amazingly fulfilled in your life when God is in the center. So many of us celebrate so the, 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 the disobedience, it's only through complete obedience. So I read a book last year, another book called Immediate Obedience, and I'm still trying to work through that. I think we're going to do a series on immediate obedience because there's been so many times I got to talk to someone today uh, after service and trying to recount the details, but basically um, the Lord had put on her heart to do something. She ran into someone at a, uh, at a restaurant, and the Lord put on her heart to do something. She walked out of the door and... Um, she felt the Lord wanted her to bless that woman with a card. She just lost a son. And so she immediately left the restaurant, went down the street, bought a card, came back and just said, I just felt God wanted me to give you this card. She gave her that card and the woman just began to break and to weep. And, um, and she told her all the story of what had happened. And God opened up an opportunity there. How many times do we miss opportunities because we don't obey? Because we're not obedient. See, she's been blessed to be a blessing to others, to be willing to be inconvenienced for the sake of the gospel message of truth. Many of us celebrate others who have a heart for the nations. Oh, that's great, Pastor. I'm glad the church is going on a trip here or going there. And, we, and we'll even go so far as possibly to support them financially through making some sacrifices of our own and give some money. However, we rarely consider our own heart for the nations. And that's a question for you today. And the reality is that often we, we lack compassion for all the peoples of the world. Whether they're from another country or they're here in America, all the peoples of the world, whether you drive through the streets of Waterville and you see broken, lost, hurting people without Jesus, or whatever your city that you live in or community, we're missing the heart of God because the heart of God is all about people. And we will be a church that continues to love and to reach lost people. Amen? Because that's what God's called us to do. That's who he's called us to be. So how does this look like as we're wrapping up this morning? Uh, we talk about a calling to missions today and we tend to think um, in terms of an individual's call to take the gospel maybe to another land the church however has a corporate a corporate uh, calling from God if you will to be a light to the nations making his glory and his salvation known to the ends of the earth that's why we do things like the fall festival here that's why we we do the Halloween party it's not to celebrate Halloween it's to be a light God's called us as a church to be a light. And we've said often, in fact, it's on the wall out there as a, as a sticker on the wall, the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. Our light needs to shine bright here in your neighborhood, in your school, in your college campus or high school campus or junior high, in your workplace, in your neighborhood. Your light needs to shine bright. 
God's blessed you so that you can be a blessing to others. Do we as a congregation have a shared burden for missions? If we don't share the burden for lost people, we've missed the whole point of church. I know I say this a lot and I know that many people get offended with it and they don't like it, but it's true. <laughs> the church is the only organization in the world that exists entirely for its non-members. We exist for the people who are not here. Listen, I love you. But if you know Jesus and you've heard the gospel, if you're here today, you've heard the gospel, listen, get it right, man, figure it out, give your heart to Jesus, turn over lordship to him and let's get about his mission, right? I'm not going to coddle you and baby you and, and milk you for the next 20 years of your life. Get into the word of God, grow and feed on the word of God and then be about the mission that Jesus has given you and I. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have some responsibility to make disciples here in the church. We're doing that. But you own the responsibility for your own spiritual health. And I love you to death, but I love you enough to tell you the truth in love. Well, I don't know how to do that. Awesome. Come and ask for help. Get into a small group. Let us get you into a study. We've got all, you know, starting point, you know, the new beginnings class, whatever it is to help you get started. But you have to realize that we have got a mission. And our mission is to reach lost people. Are we aware that God has blessed us so that we might lead others to praise Him? That's why God's blessed us. Not so you can be seen, but so that He can be seen. I know this is a kind of a sobering message. Have you ever prayed and asked God to bless you personally so that you might be a light for others? Leading lost people out of spiritual darkness? To God would you bow your head and close your eyes we must understand that we have been commissioned by God to make his glory and salvation known throughout the world this is a part of being a fully devoted follower of Jesus the missionary call is not for people who just like to travel abroad the missionary call is for every one of us. So ask yourself the question as your hearts are bowed in reverence before the Lord, is my life bringing glory to God? Is my life marked by praise and thanksgiving to God for His many blessings? Just the fact that you live in America Again, thank you to our veterans. And thank you that this nation was founded on biblical godly principles. Oh, we've come far off track for sure. But thank God I still live in a free country. That I can still worship the God. I have a lot of blessings to be thankful for. That I'm not in some secret house church underground hiding the fact that I want to worship Jesus. But I can come here and openly and exalt and praise the name of Jesus. And God forbid we come in, oh, I just don't feel like it today. I don't like the music today. Get over yourself, please, and acknowledge who he is. Oh, I love you. This is a, a loving rebuke from a pastor, okay? It's not about you. It's about him. Remember that non-believers are always watching you. They're always watching me. They're watching your behavior, your attitudes, and you know what, I, I don't take this the wrong way, but I love being amongst unbelievers. 
What a great opportunity to, to rub shoulders with people and let them see how we handle conflict, how we handle problems, how we, how we glorify God with the way we respond to life stuff. Even hardships and crisis that we go through. People are forming their opinions about their God in their mind by watching you. So thank you, young man Kiki, for doing the right thing. Let the rest of us do the right thing. Well, that's hard. Well, no one's going to care anyway. Well, it doesn't really matter. Listen, God's blessed you so that you can be a blessing to others. As we close in prayer this morning, why don't you just ask the Lord in your own altar, kind of right where you're seated. How am I doing with that, Lord? How are you doing with that? Well, I could do better. I've got good news. God sent you the Holy Spirit. He's your helper, your comforter, your guide. And it will require your obedience, yes. It will require your sacrifice, yes. It will require you to pick up your cross and die to yourself, yes. Man, when you do that, you open up your heart for the blessing, the floodgates of heaven to be opened up wide and the blessing of God to fall on your life and then you can bless others. Don't be like the Dead Sea. The reason the Dead Sea is dead because nothing flows out of it. It just flows into it. When you open up your life to bless others, God will continue to pour the blessing in your life. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? felt the Lord uh, spontaneously lead me to do something a little different in the opening service, so I'm going to close this way in the second service and ask you to uh, bow your heads and close your eyes, and, and would you be so willing, if you're brave enough, to just hold your hands out, your palms heavenward, and to just say a prayer, something, something like this from your heart, and it's not, this is not a, a ritual act that does anything magical, but it's got to be something from your heart, a prayer, something like this, your God, I love you. I acknowledge that I need you to help me die to myself submit and surrender completely to you God I acknowledge I've not always obeyed you when I should have help me today to honor and obey you in every decision that I make Lord I want to position myself in a way to receive your blessing so I can bless others. Forgive me for being selfish and self-centered. Forgive me for perverting the gospel and for obeying the things that I like and that are easy and for not obeying the things that I don't want to do. Help me to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus in every area of my life to obey and honor the whole gospel and to live a life that honors and pleases you. Amen. God, I thank you for each and every man and woman and young person this morning that heard this word. I pray that it would not just fall on our ears but would penetrate our hearts and that you, by your Holy Spirit, would transform us. Help us to, to continue to die to self daily so that we can live out this gospel message. And it's not something that is burdensome or hard, 
but Lord it is something that is is truly so light and easy if we just simply die to ourself and our selfish ways and Lord I pray that we would find the glory of living out a gospel centered life bless this church every single man and woman in this place today so that we can bless others and bring the gospel message of Jesus to a hurt and lost and dying world mm -hmm. and not just America but the entire world Lord use us break us and give us away I pray in Jesus name Amen. 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 God bless you and we'll see you next week.